In the name of Jesus, amen. You're heading west or southwest. You can see the miles count down as you're getting closer to the state line. And then finally there's a bridge that takes you over the river, leaving behind Iowa. And there's a big green sign stretching across the bridge that says, Nebraska, the good life. And if that's your final destination, you probably have a good idea what it means that Nebraska is the good life. But if you have 300 miles to go to get across Nebraska, you have plenty of time to imagine or to, to indulge your curiosity what you think they might mean about the good life. Could be nice, wide, open spaces. A few urban areas where it's not huge, metropolitan, chaotic, traffic-snarled areas. Could be just that Midwestern niceness or value of a simple life. Maybe, maybe you just tuck it up there with other slogans that you've seen, Iowa fields of opportunity, South Dakota, great faces, great places. You wonder what it is to be to have the good life. Luke chapter 6, people were coming to Jesus, and they were seeking, they were searching, maybe the good life? Definitely a better kind of life. Luke tells us they were coming from all over, from Judea, Jerusalem, from the, the coastal lands of Tyre and Sidon. That meant Gentiles and Jews alike. They were all coming, and Luke says they were coming to hear Jesus and to be healed by him. They were pressing in as close as they could because power was going out from Jesus. And Jesus capitalizes on this, this interest, this seeking as long as he has their attention, he's going to turn these people who consider themselves at least preliminary disciples, at least in, in, a, in a very superficial sense, and he wants to take them deeper into what it means to truly have the life that Jesus wants for them. Not the good life, not a blessed life, but the blessed life. The blessed life is life with Jesus. Because you know when someone tells you, you ask them how they're doing, and they say, good, you have a couple assumptions, maybe that just pop into your mind that things are going relatively well at home or at work, they're, they're relatively healthy. If you ask the same question and they say, blessed, well, that's the good life just taken to the next level, isn't it? Work isn't just okay, it's amazing. Family isn't just stable, that everything is awesome at home. Your health isn't just okay. You've never felt better. You have so many good things in your life. You can hardly keep track of them. You, you feel so undeserving of all the gifts that God has poured into your life. You are blessed. I think it's helpful that in recent years we've kind of wrestled with that idea as a society, what it means to have the good life. Maybe it seems like forever ago. You remember pre-pandemic times? Economists were complaining about the younger generation because they weren't buying enough durable goods. Houses and cars, they weren't contributing to the economy. What's the problem now? Everyone wants a house and a car, and they're driving up the prices of everything. It turns out if you're working at home and you're trying to get your kids online, remote learning, you might have to have a nice place to do that in. 
And yet people are challenging some assumptions, aren't they? About the good life. There, there's a movement among young professionals to say, I'm not going to wait till I'm retired to travel the world and experience things. I'm going I'm to have that life right now. And young families, some, some are saying, I'm going I'm to say no to that promo promotion. More responsibility along with the increased compensation because I want to be able to spend time with my family while they're young. As Christians, we can applaud that that, that seems to be some progress, at least that we're questioning some of those assumptions about what it means to have the good life. And yet, to have the blessed life, we, we really need to re-examine and reevaluate. We need Jesus to show us. And so Jesus brings out this real contrast between you are blessed and woe to you. And some of the things that we would assume are part of the good life, Jesus says it's the opposite. Now, of course, having wealth and riches, there's plenty of people in the Bible who God called blessed, and they were close in their walk with God, even though they had many things, right? And there are plenty of people who had next to nothing and had mixed up priorities. Food is morally neutral. We can use it for good or evil, but most of the time we just use it as a basic necessity. And, and of course, God wants us to laugh and enjoy the respect of other people. And yet the problem comes in when we make that the ultimate goal and purpose of life, to have or accumulate or experience those things. If, if having a good reputation and the esteem of other people causes us to drift away from God, if having things and, and accumulating things and enjoying this life becomes the whole purpose of life so that we forget about life with God, because it's really the connection with Christ that lets us in on the blessed life. Now, when I was young, when I was a kid, the good life meant getting the good cereal, the name brand cereal. They came in a box, not the big bulk plastic bag. They had the cartoon character on the front that was on the Saturday morning cartoon commercials, not just the, the bland wording across the front of that plastic bag. It would have the, the puzzles and the games and the word searches on the back, but the real test of the good cereal was it had a prize inside. You would dump out that first bowl of cereal, and then you'd reach your hand down in there and feel around until you got that nice cellophane package, and inside was a little cheap plastic toy. Maybe just a secret decoder ring that helped you solve the puzzle on the back side of the box, but that cheap plastic toy was worth fighting your brothers and sisters over. <laughs> Let's use this as a secret decoder ring for the blessed life, anything that brings you closer to Jesus. And so on the opposite side, it's anything that causes you to drift away from Jesus is a warning, a woe, is the opposite of the blessed life. It, it, it helps us go beyond the obvious, a life that is, is, is searching and seeking and trying to get things. But as long as we're talking to these kind of people in, in a church this morning, there are some other subtle dangers where we need that warning and woe from Jesus. Because we're the kind of people who, who maybe will take stock of our lives and say, I don't have a good life by most people's definition. 
I've given up a pursuit of having things and stockpiling all kinds of stuff. No one say I have a fancy home and throw all kinds of fancy parties. All the things that I would, would want for a good life are, are the things that I don't have. And how many times I, I, I've tried to get things and, and life has gone the opposite direction that I wanted. And then I can take all of those things and, and load them up and I can just dump them at the feet of Jesus and say, now, give me the good life. Actually, I, I, can inv- I can go out of my way to invite insult, to be as offensive as possible, to, to go out of my way to, to be excluded and to brag about that to God. I can look at all the things that I've given up and I haven't done and how my life isn't good by most people's standards, and I can say, God, when are you going to reward me? The mistaken concepts of the blessed life aren't just about in accumulating things and making life all about this stuff, but, but when we add up a life of pain and suffering and somehow think God needs to get me to the next level. We understand the blessed life better when we look beyond our standards of success and happiness that is all about things, but also when I stop looking at myself and what I've done and what I've given up and how I've earned rewards from Jesus, how God owes me something because of all the obedience that I've shown him in life, that that mentality actually causes me to drift farther away from Jesus. So to to uncover the blessed life, we need to look at the life of Jesus. Would you consider the life of Jesus a good life? Born in an animal shelter, his first cradle, an animal feeding trough. When a potential disciple came after Jesus, and Jesus said, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. When he went out into the wilderness for 40 days without any provisions. When he went into Jerusalem for the final time and wept over the city because of their unbelief and rejection. The very people that Jesus came to, to save were the one who rejected him as not worthy, as not qualified, as, as failure in his life, that Jesus was cast out and he was crucified. And Jesus lived that life in the middle of a hostile world, not as an incentive for you to do better. Jesus Jesus experienced the opposite of what most people consider to be the good life, and it wasn't just to motivate you to get to the next level with God. The blessed life is a consequence of everything that Jesus gives to you. And because you have Jesus, you have everything necessary to have those blessings with Jesus found it interesting a few years ago, the state of Nebraska changed their tourism motto to Nebraska, it's not for everyone. <laughs> Rather insightful, right? 
maybe they just uh, maybe they just realized that there were a lot of people who were only in Nebraska so they could get through Nebraska on their way to Colorado or Wyoming. And maybe it's just a little tongue-in-cheek, uh, Midwestern self-deprecating. But, the, but I think the idea behind it is that if you look behind the obvious, you will see some hidden gems. And in the first year after they launched that not-for-everyone slogan, they, they had their record revenue from tourism. And even though COVID put, a, put a, everyone's travel plans on hold and changed that, um, it, it kind of looked good to, to go into these spread out places. Jesus understands that his blessed life is not an easy choice. It's not appealing to everyone, but Jesus wants that blessed life for everyone. He makes it available to everyone. And you are blessed when you mourn over lives of sin that, that are they're spent chasing after things in life. You, you are blessed when you weep over the temporary and transitory treasures that take root in your heart. You are blessed when you can rejoice in repentance. Repentance that gives up all efforts of, of showcasing you, how much you have sacrificed and how much you have done for Jesus but repentance that finds relief and release in the forgiveness that Jesus came to deliver. You are blessed because you know this isn't the only goal in life. This, there is more to life than this life. You are blessed when the experts and friends don't applaud you and commend you, but you are blessed because you have been gathered into God's family. And God speaks his commendation over you because of all the gifts that you have through Jesus Christ. So you are blessed. Whether your life is filled with so many things that you can't even keep track of it, or you are barely scratching by. You are blessed whether work is a joy or work is always miserable. You are blessed whether your life is filled with family or you are isolated all alone, you are blessed. Even in the midst of suffering and afflictions, if those things in life draw you closer to Christ, you are blessed because you are part of God's kingdom by faith in Jesus. You have something better than a good life. Infinite, eternal goodness. With life in Jesus forever in heaven, but you are blessed. Because right now, you have life with Jesus. Amen.